the only way you can talk about somebody you love is in teasing him, <laughs> and I don't want to do it on the mic. But Rustum has a lot of things to teach us all. So I would like to invite him now to speak. Thank you. Sit and speak on the floor. Can everybody see Rustum if he sits? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Let's <laughs> let us see. Okay. I can see the back, so they can be able to see me. You see, here we are in a seminar, and we are all Sajogis, and. We're having a good time, we're cracking jokes, and we're discussing things, etc., etc. But this is all very well. I mean, one can enjoy oneself. In fact, one should enjoy oneself, because the whole creation has been created in such a way that we should enjoy ourselves. From the dawn of the creation, the Sri Adi Shakti of the universe has played out a drama using her deities, using all the powers that she created, to create a universe so beautiful that it should be possible for us to live in it in complete joy and complete enjoyment of our existence. If one gives you an example, yesterday we sat and we listened to ragas. These ragas themselves were inspired by the Sri Adi Shakti in Realized Souls who gave them to the world. The whole thing has been created by her in her different aspects so that we should enjoy ourselves and so that we should not be miserable. And why does she want us to be happy? Because it is when you are happy and relaxed that the power of God can work in you to raise you to a great height for which you were destined. You see, this whole drama that has taken place is not a drama without purpose. Within it lies something that is profoundly important. And that's something which is profoundly important is the awareness of God, the Absolute, the Almighty. And this is the whole purpose of Sahaja Yoga. All the different techniques we use are a bridge to this. You see, you have to understand what is Sri Mataji on this earth. She is the Adi Shakti. Now, what, how many people know what is the Adi Shakti? The Adi Shakti is the power of God Almighty Himself. It is the highest manifest thing in the universe. When this thing takes avatara in the universe for the first time, there must be a profound significance behind this. And this profound significance must be the awareness of the Lord, the Almighty. In your body are placed the various chakras of the tantra, the instrument. Tantra means instrument. What are these chakras for? I mean, people spend a lot of time cleaning them, taking them out, putting them in salt water, putting them back again. But for what purpose? You see, you have to think, for what purpose? Try and think, why are you here, instead of doing things routinely. The chakras raise the awareness of the human individual from step to step, higher and higher, until it can reach the throne of the Almighty Himself. That is their purpose. 
So those who do not use it for that are like a man who has a Rolls Royce, who takes it apart, puts it in oil, puts it back together again, starts the engine and goes nowhere. You see? The whole Tantra has been given to you to raise your attention to the Absolute, the Almighty. The whole of Sahaja Yoga has been given to you to raise your attention to the Absolute, the Almighty. Your friends are given to you for this purpose. And the Sri Adi Shakti herself has appeared before you to give you this. Now, there is no doubt that the Sri Adi Shakti is Mahamaya. What does Mahamaya mean? And why is she Mahamaya? You see, you should question these basic fundamentals. After all, God is the prime architect of the universe. There is nothing that he does that is purposeless. You have to understand this. If we have purpose in what we do, in our limitations, how much greatness? You see, if a long time ago, more than 1400 years ago, Sri Hadi Shankaracharya told human beings, you are the absolute. There is no difference between you and God the Almighty. Advaita. Now if you are the absolute, the Atma, unless you are deluded, there can be no creation. Isn't it? Because if you are always aware that you are Atma, Tattva, how can you be involved in creation? You will always be lost in meditation on your own existence. You have to understand this basic fact. So, the Mahamaya was necessary for the creation. She was necessary for the evolution of the creation because by playing out dramas for you, she evolves you. And it's only when you reach a certain level that she can liberate you from herself so that you see beyond the Maya to the Absolute. Now, there is a saying in one of the Puranas that the Devi can only be worshipped by those who are both intelligent and brave. In other words, she cannot be worshipped by the stupid and the cowardly. This is very important, you see. We have been given brains. We haven't been given brains to sort out trivialities of life. We've been given brains to chart our course to the Almighty, the Absolute. She's not going to spoon-feed you. Beyond a certain point, she, you have to find the course for yourself. And the reason for this is that unless you do so, you are not worthy to be presented before the Almighty. Only those who, using their courage and their intelligence of their desire, can find a course, are worthy really to come before Him. It is all part of the evolution of mankind. To understand and appreciate the Almighty, you have to have an ex that is capable of receiving it. About two years ago, Sri Mataji came to Riyadh, and I had written a Sanskrit poem which I presented to her, and she began to complete it for me, because it was incomplete. And one of the verses was, how can I pour all the small cups? You see, because the awareness, the brain has not yet developed to the point that we can take the radiation, the full weight of the radiation of the Almighty into it. So how are you going to develop the brain? After all, the brain is the Agnya Chakra. You develop the brain by focusing it on the nature of the Almighty, the Absolute. Contemplating it every day of one's existence. In this way, the attention goes up to it. And the nerves get refined. The petals of the Sahasrara get refined to the point that they can receive the grace of the Absolute and His awareness. The Sri Adi Shakti is his Shakti. She is the power by which all things are done. She is the one who has a brain for you. But you yourself have to put your attention there. 
Now, this is you. It's very easy inside yoga because one is left alone a lot to put one's attention on trivialities. Um, a chakra may catch, but what does it matter? The catch may release within five or ten minutes. So, why bother about it? That you, we know that the catches move from chakra to chakra. That the movement of the kundalini moves from chakra to chakra. So, what is the purpose of concentrating on things that are trivial? you see many great seekers came on this earth to seek God after what are you seeking what does the word seeking mean it means to seek God they had no Sri Adi Shakti to help them you have it here in front of you so you should take advantage of it and try and become fixed at that point which is the absolute and you may all be here in a collective but the relationship between you and the absolute has to be individual between you and him alone and when you see him you do not see anyone else you see it's very good to be in the collective it is very good to be with each other to enjoy each other's company but your relationship with each other should be such that it fosters that ascent to the divine, the absolute. You have to be very clear. The whole purpose of Sahaja Yoga is this ascent. The great goddess herself, the Sri Adi Shakti, has a devotion to her Lord which is indescribable in human terms. The whole play between the, the Almighty and his Shakti is something which is one of the profoundest mysteries of mankind and of the creation. And the deepest desire of the Sri Adi Shakti is the ascent of her creation and her children to the throne of the Almighty as an offering to her Lord. Just as we, when we present an offering to Sri Mataji, if there are flowers, we take out the worst flowers. We present only the best, the most perfect. So when the Sri Adi Shakti offers to her Lord her creation, it is something at a level far removed from this. And it's only the most perfect that can be presented before him. You see? You have to understand this. As human beings, we have no importance except insofar as we play a part in this play between the Lord and His Shakti. The entire creation can be discarded if it does not serve this purpose. Because there are only two things which are real in the universe and that is the Lord and His Shakti. All else is superfluous to us and of no importance. At the end of the creation, only these two things will remain. So, you must not take lightly what is happening. You are the essential parts and pieces of this drama, this very profound drama, which is the basis and the internal root of the universe. Have you ever considered why the Muladhara Chakra has four petals? What does this mean? Why four? It is four because if you combine the Lord and the Shakti in the Sushumna, 
where their feet rest, you will find four feet resting. It is the ultimate, that is why it is the ultimate purity, because it represents the combined feet of the Lord and His Shakti, and that is given as a throne to the Son, Ganesha, the Lord, the Omkara to sit on. These things are very important, very profound, and to be the, the seat of the play of the Lord and His Shakti, one needs extreme purity, extreme wisdom, and extreme awareness of what is happening. The whole purpose of this creation is that and that alone. The creation was not made for you to iron saris in, to worry about your dhobi in. I mean, these are totally irrelevant. They won't even last a century, leave alone eternity. Nor is organization there. You can organize till you are blue in the face, but unless the desire of the absolute works, you will not get another Sahaja Yogi. You have seen this, many of you. We had many wonderful experiences in the early days when we turned up at empty halls in spite of massive publicity. You see, you do not do anything. Lord Krishna, when he came, he said, you do not do anything. I do it all. So the human being who deludes himself into thinking he is doing, he is not doing. He said, act. You have to act, but leave the results of your actions to me. So act without expectation, is what he is saying. Now how are you going to awaken what you are going to do? You see, when one acts, you, everyone knows what the left side is, what the right side is. One acts by the right, using the power of desire of the left. This is something that is well known to everybody. Through which chakra does one act? Which is the chakra of activity? Who will answer that? Of creation. We must all know this. It's basic stuff. The Swadhisthana. Okay. The Swadhisthana is on the right, is it not? And the Shuddhicha is on the left. So what is the bridge between the desire of God the Almighty and action? It is the left Swadhisthana chakra. Correct? And that is why all the boots go and sit there, to, to disconnect your action from your desire. Very simple, you see. Wherever the boots hit hard, you must know that is an important chakra. <coughs> now, you see, although we are human beings, we are, by the grace of God, enlightened souls. This means that the entire tantra of the universe is present in miniature within us. This Sri Mataji has done, as she said, I've placed you there. Now what you do with yourself is your affair. Now, as the Shuddhicha of the universe, does everyone know what the Shuddhicha is? The Shuddhicha is the pure desire of the universe. Now what is the pure desire of the universe? The pure desire of the universe is God, or the desire of God Almighty Himself. As this flows through the Ida Nadi of the universe and is carried by the goddess Sri Mahakali, to be placed, deposited in the Kundalini, so this flows within your left sides, or can flow within your left sides if you desire it, to inform your activities. Now you see, unless you are connected, your activities are without meaning. It is like ants scurrying around, not knowing what they are doing. So first one has to establish within oneself the pure desire. Let it flow within your Idanati. How do you do that? It's very simple. You pray to Sri Mataji and you say, you are the Shuddhicha of the universe and I worship you as such. 
If you just do that, pray to her, pray to her as this, she'll flow with such force within your Ida Nadis that she'll break anything that is in your left Swadishtana and flow into the right to inform your activity. You cannot catch on the right side if your left side is strong. See? So that is the first stage. If you do that, the Shudicha, you don't need to do more than this. The Shudicha will flow through all your chakras. It will eventually break open the, ba uh, the barriers that are in your brain and in infuse with enlightenment and nectar every nerve fiber and cell within your brain. As it does that, your whole consciousness and awareness will be altered. As it is altered, your awareness will be filled with the awareness of the Absolute. As it is filled with the awareness of the Absolute, you will see Sri Mataji clearly for what she is, which is the Shakti of God Almighty Himself. You will not say Sri Mataji did this, Sri Mataji did that, you know, all the Maya and the play. Some people feel tragic one minute, happy the next. This is all nonsense. If you are based in yourself, you remain absolutely stable in the sight of your parents, in the sight of the Almighty. You do not shift from day to day. You do not doubt yourself. You cannot become nirvikalpa until you know this. Because part of the nirvikalpa is not just doubting God or Sri Mataji. It's very easy not to do that. It's not doubting yourself as an extension of them. Because as Sri Mataji said, she's made every single one of us into a part of her body. So to doubt oneself is in a sense to doubt her. Now people try to avoid recognizing what has been done to them by getting realization in Sahaja Yoga. They do not want to see that they've been made part of the body of God Almighty Himself in a sense, of His Shakti. Because this means that you can't behave in the same old way as you used to behave. You can't be attached to the same old things that you used to be attached to. I, you have to change, you see. Ready? Okay. And this is something that people don't understand. And this is an avoidance of Sahaja Yoga. This is a running away from it. The essence of Sahaja Yoga is the fact that people have been, human beings have been taken, they've been given realization, they've been made part of the body of the divine, and they've been given the opportunity to raise their awareness to the highest levels to attain God realization. That is it. It's very simple. Everything else is a waste of time. And one has to recognize that although we may be Sahaja Yogis, we do not run the universe. The universe is run by us. I mean, run for us by the Almighty. And run by us for the Almighty. We cannot decide, this has to happen, this has to happen. We have to have 20 people next week. It cannot happen. God decides how many people he wants, he decides where and when, and you just have to be instruments. Not one of us can change the universe even so much, unless we do it in the 
on the crest of a wave which proceeds from the Almighty and work as instruments. The old days of Siddhic yogis who ride on clouds and transform mountains and hurl thunderbolts are over, do you see? That was meant for people who are right-sided, who wanted to do things themselves. That is not us. We are parts of the body of the goddess, and each one of us has to be like a nerve cell. When the brain tells us what to do, we have to do it. As such, we are all collective. That is the true collectivity. And if we, each of us recognize that we are a nerve cell and the brain of the goddess permeating a whole being, then the whole boundaries between nationalities and this and that which keeps our yogis apart dissolves. We all realize we are one, we are the same, but each one of us is individual and each one of us has an individual It is real. And this is the common language of vibrations. If you are there, you do not know how, but you communicate with people who have a different language. It's so simple, really. So I wish, really, in this lecture, to make you aware of what has been given in Sahaja Yoga, what has been done by the great goddess in her absolute nature, and for what purpose, so that you do not waste neither time nor energy on other things. There is nothing greater than this. And since the goddess herself is all-powerful, beyond time, beyond everything, so your awareness has to be of a nature that can comprehend that and be one with that awareness. For you, you can become one with her in awareness, no doubt, and see things as she sees things. But for this your brains have to develop, you see. So, this is what one has to do. And really the rest of it is not important. At that level it doesn't matter how time passes, at that level it doesn't matter whether there are miracles or not, because the whole concept of miracle is non-existent. Everything follows the desire of the Absolute. Who makes the rules that arbitrates between a miracle and non-miracle? It's human beings. It's not God. For God there is no such thing as a miracle. Everything is possible to him. So, what I'm saying is, hitch your awareness higher. Hook it at a higher level. Keep it there. So that you see really what is ha happening. And do not, in spite of everything that has been given, continue to move in the same circles, low circles, that one inhabited before one's realization. This is very important. This is so important that I do not know how to say it. Work to increase the structure and capacity of one's brain so that it can comprehend that which is absolute. I do not know if there's anything more to say to this. I remember once, a long time back, when I first met Sri Mataji, Gregoire was there, lots of other chappies were there jumping around with me. And I remember one early one morning after we'd slept with her in her flat in London, I was talking to her, and she says, you see, we were talking about Maya. And I said, Mother, I wish I could go beyond Maya. And she said to me, this was some seven or eight years ago, she said to me, one day you will, you will catch me. She said, you will catch me. Um, and what I'm trying to say is that this is what we should all aim for. Try to go beyond that.
And you can only go beyond that when you can touch the feet of the Absolute. The Absolute is like a mountain peak which rises above the clouds. You cannot rise above the clouds until you rest on that mountain peak. So you cannot rise above Maya. It is impossible until your awareness touches the feet of the Absolute. Because above Maya there is nothing but the Absolute, the Atma Tattva. You know the Atma Tattva rests in the heart of God the Almighty and ascends to dance in the Sahasrara as Sadashiva. So the heart is a very important organ. Rajabai said that when Srimatji gave him realization, she said, you young men have such hard hearts. And she was true in a sense. Most people do have hard hearts. Not necessarily their fault. It may be the result of their experiences in this world. But one's heart should be like a lotus. I don't know if how many of you have touched a lotus. But the petals are so soft, like silk. The heart of a man should be as soft as that. See, we have got our realization, regardless of everything we have done, by the grace of God the Almighty, by His compassion, profound compassion, profound love for mankind, for the children of His Shakti. He has granted it. He says, forget everything. Forget it. Forget it. Forgive, you see. I'll forgive them. I'll forgive them. We have to be the same in our hearts to the rest of mankind. When the disciples of Christ Peter, I think, once came to Christ and asked him, how often should I forgive my brother? Seven times? And he said, no, 70 times seven. But he, what he meant was infinitely. See, one cannot be a good Sahajogi, this is my belief, unless one is kind and one is gentle. Kindness and gentle doesn't mean weakness. It means being soft, trying to further the other person from one's heart. Caring for what Srimatji once called in her lecture, caring for his hitta. Trying to see what is, how to do that which is best for him, how to manipulate him in such a way that he rises. It means going beyond oneself, you see. When someone is harsh with you, is he harsh with you? If you are Atma, how can he be harsh with you? If you are the Atma, you can bear it all. And in spite of that, try and resolve. The only thing we cannot really be expected to tolerate is any insult to the goddess herself. There we have to be strong and firm. But this doesn't mean that we take justice into our own hands. Justice is, belongs to the Almighty, not to us. Christ also said, judge not that ye be not judged. It made it very clear that we have no right to judge. We're not going to be sitting there at the end writing out who should go to hell and who should go to heaven. It's going to be done by someone else. So we cannot judge. We have to leave it to God to judge and for us to execute. We cannot abrogate to ourselves any of the qualities of the Almighty, such as justice, judgment, decisiveness, planning. These belong to Him. We merely execute these. But when we are kind to our fellow man, to any living thing that moves within the context of its dharma on this world, we make the Lord happy. By this I don't mean that one goes around like the Jains, 
not trying to kill insects because it is in the dharma of insects to be crushed beneath the feet of man. We've been both created this way that it has it's an inevitable outcome of living a normal life. One doesn't go crazy, you see. We have to eat chickens. I mean, it doesn't mean you don't slaughter a chicken to be kind to it. But you have to live within the boundaries. But there is no place for unnecessary cruelty in this world. The Lord is not cruel. And if we are to partake of his essence and of his nature, we have to be like him. So, the message I'm trying to give you is that in spite of all the splendor that surrounds the goddess, and there must be because she is, after all, the Sri Shakti, do not forget that the deepest desire in our heart, the Shuddhicca, is to raise you to the feet of her Lord as offerings worthy of him. And in all her drama, she tries constantly in her movement to bring you to that point. And I tell you that there's nothing else in the universe worth bothering about except this fact. If you love your mother, try to be worthy to be offered by her to her consort. And if you love your father, try to be worthy to be offered to him. And if you love them both, this will work out inevitably because their love will work through your heart and the two will mingle and you cannot help but assent. Live by your heart, not by your brains. At least not by your egos and superegos and question the inner desires of your heart. Do not question them. You cannot question them. They are beyond logic. Live by your heart. If you express your heart, you will lead to such a sense of satisfaction with life that you cannot be angry with anyone. You will be so happy all the time that it will be effortless for your parents to live to you to that level which was your destiny at the moment of your creation. That is all I have to say. Jai Shri If there are any questions, but if there are, I'll be happy to answer. What is there to say? Okay. Let us sit in silence and in meditation now.
There's one more thing that came to my mind while I was in meditation. You know that there is in the Trinity of the Universe the principle of the child, the Son of God the Almighty, the Omkara. Yesterday when Sri Mataji spoke in Hindi, she said the Om, because Lord Ganesha is the purest form of the Omkara. You know that Lord Ganesha sits both in the Muladhara and in the Agnya Chakra of the Universe. And you know that he is the archetype of our existence. In the Muladhara Chakra, he sits and he looks below and sees only the feet of his mother. At the Agnya, he looks above and sees the glory of his father. And it is his mother who evolves him to that point where he can see the glory of his father. You know that when the Agnya, when the Sahasrara opens fully, it opens like a chrysanthemum, and eventually the Agnya rises in the middle of it to sit in the center of the Sahasrara. And at that point, you see, the Lord Christ, the Omkara, begin, becomes the yogi, the, uh, the Sahaj yogi, if you like, or the yogi, and one with his father and his mother in union. This is a very important thing to understand. And if you can understand it, perhaps it will help you to rise to that point. We can uh, terminate our meditation and we put for a while our attention after being paid homage to Sri Ganesha in the triangular bone of the Maladara where Sri Kundalini resides. Let's put our attention in the triangular bone. And now gently let us all together raise our Kundalini within the spine with our attention. Let us unfold our Kundalini. leave our attention absolutely free and loose. <coughs> and again, attention in the triangular bone. Let us raise our Kundalini up to Sahasrara.
and again let us our attention lose not concentrating on anything in the triangular bone and this time we raise our kundalini up to 10-15 centimeters above sahasra Because this is where our Kundalini pay homage and veneration to the lotus feet of the Father. Thank you. 